Welcome to Horror Bites on Safe Room, the show where we highlight short indie horror games and the people who make them. I'm Neil Bolt, and joining me as ever is my long-distant drinking buddy, Jay Krieger. Hey, hey. For this week's episode, there is a deadly call to answer and a reminder that you should always follow directions when heading into the woods. So, Jay, today's game's... For me, I don't know about you, but clocked in about nine minutes of playtime total, with most of those being taken up just by one game. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's, we haven't got plenty to discuss about these games. So let's start with your pick for the week, the longer end of the stick, uh, as it goes. Um, it's an old favorite haunt of ours, the old trip to the woods. Well, you and I, I think, have proven, if nothing else, that uh, we never have a shortage of things to say, right? No. <laughs> no matter the length of a game. <laughs> um, but The Witch of Sherborne Forest from developer Daniel Buckley takes a tried and true sort of setup for a horror bite, right? But I think that what Daniel proves very quickly is that he has sort of a keen eye for directing um, not only cutscenes yeah. and narratives, but in playing against the fact that, like, this has a very familiar setup, but it goes in the direction that I think has a very distinctive payoff that uh, definitely caught me off guard. Uh, yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, it's one of those games that very quickly establishes that it uh, has a slight bit more to it than it seems. But in The Witch of Sherborne Forest, um, you basically are responding to the Lord of the Kingdom's son having vanished. And so you venture out in search of the boy. Now, We've been told that the boy headed out east. And what do you do as the protagonist? You head out west. <laughs> you go against the grain to set off and uh, try to find the son's whereabouts to bring him back to the Lord, you know, in hopes of riches being bestowed upon the player and whatnot. But right from the jump, um, Daniel Buckley does a great job of crafting the ambiance of the woods. You know, it's not just the fact that, you know, you're in this woods that seem to go on forever. But the fact that it has this not only ambient music to it, but also just like very subtle things, just like being out in nature. You hear the trees rustling. You hear the kind of the whispers of the wind and whatnot, yeah. um, which I think does a really great job of making this space feel ominous when all you're asked to do initially is to follow a path and then to pick up a few pieces of firewood to make a fire. Right. I think it does a great job of crafting that atmosphere right off the jump and, you know, in terms of what I was saying earlier about like the direction, it's a very short experience, but I think within the first few seconds, you know, you want to signify to the player that, you know, it's becoming nighttime. And so you get this nice cut scene of just like the sun slowly setting and then yeah. right and whatnot. Really well done. That was yeah. Which kind of just like, it's a simple thing, you know, it's about as simple of a uh, directorial uh, decision as you could make, but the way in which, you know, I think like the sun slowly setting and it's not being this very quick thing just to kind of get to the nighttime portion. Um, it makes you stew in that environment again for a little bit longer than you might be expecting. And then there's this sequence where you're sitting like at the campfire that you've just made and you get a little bit more text that kind of fills you in on the backstory and just that ambiance of sitting in front of the fire, listening to it crackle and having this kind of creepy foreboding uh, dialogue come across the screen. Mm does a great job of weaponizing darkness in a very short period of time, I think. And, you know, inevitably you'll find this house that you're going to explore and then kind of reveals this catacomb system underneath the forest that you get to explore and whatnot. And, you know, I think from a technical standpoint, I was impressed with the size of the world, the amount of detail that's in it. But then once you get into those more claustrophobic sections, you know, 
you pick up a candle, right? Which is your light source. And, yeah. you know, the lighting in this, I think, for as pixelated and chunky as it looks, it does a good job of not doing the thing where it's like, oh, I've got a candle and now I can see everything. No. Mm. A great deal of the environment is still shrouded in darkness, which plays again with that ambiance that makes you kind of second guess, oh, are those my footsteps I'm hearing or are those the footsteps of someone else? Yeah. Um, which I, I am always a fan of. Oh, and, definitely. You know, I'm <laughs> so. not, uh, I'm not going to, you know, spoil the ending and whatnot, but the ending got me in a way that has a nice one, two punch of shock value to it. Yes. Um, that I think definitely speaks to, again, that sort of directorial nature that it seems that Daniel Buckley has because, you know, not only from a technical standpoint, from a world building standpoint was this, engaging and whatnot, but I think also the fact that it has a scare that plays on the sort of traditional ending that we are always sort of encountering with these types of experiences, but it ratchets it up to another level that it just basically emphasizes like, oh no, you can have these types of endings, but you can actually do them a lot better than most uh, seemingly do. Um, But what did you think of The Witch of Sherborne Forest? Yeah, I I think the mood of it is... um as you say, just perfect for what it's going for. You know, it takes everything it's got to do and you know, rams it into a very small space and yet still, you know, communicates everything quite well. You know, that scene you're talking about with the, the sun saying is just, you know, like, it's really, really simple, but it's so, so effective. And, you know, the eeriness of what happens, you know, with the thing you see in the woods that kind of leads you where you're going and, this whole storyline underneath of it, like being, you know, I was told to go this way, but for some reason I was compelled to go the other, like that. And that just you know, instantly feeds into this idea. And because you're giving away something in the title itself and saying, you know, it's about, there's a witch, there's a battle witch like that. You, you certainly have that imprinted in your brain when you're getting these you know, messages of, I felt compelled to do this. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here sort of thing. And, then you basically are just being pushed towards whatever is to happen. And so that works really well. And I must say, yeah, going to that sort of end one-two punch, I think the best thing about it in terms of doing that kind of scare is the misdirection of it. You know, you take something, you, you take the eye to one thing that is a bit like, what the fuck? And then while you're still kind of piecing that together, then give the other thing, you know, that's a really good way. It really underdone, I think, in so many, you know, form, you know, in, whether it be film, TV, or, or even games, you, you don't see it as often as you should. But then maybe that wouldn't work as well if that was the case. But many go for that sort of straightforward, like, you know, anticipation, anticipation, jump scare, sight for or false alarm, then do a jump scare with a, like a beat. Yeah, not like a while you're still really taken by one bad thing happening that isn't shocking in the same way as like oh shit like that, but then to hit you with that second punch and really just go oof there you go. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Ari Aster's Hereditary in that mm-hmm. final moment in the attic when Peter is you know preoccupied with something horrific that's levitating in the air, mm. and then you have that moment where you hear a noise and then his direction his um point of view shifts and you see all of those like naked cultists up in the Mm. attic. Like that's what it reminded me of that one, two punch that ultimately it's the choreography of those events and the perspective shifting as it does 
that makes something that much more terrifying. Now, when you think back on that scene from Hereditary, it's like, well, which is more terrifying, what he's looking at in the sky or what is actually there and he doesn't see it? Well, probably what's levitating, but it's the suddenness (laughs) with which it is introduced and the audio that goes along with that, that I think makes, you know, and that's comparable to the way that The Witch of Sherborne Forest ends just because it's a smart decision that ultimately takes something that is pretty tried and true at this point and just makes it that much more impactful. And I learned that this is actually a prequel to another game that Daniel Buckley has made, which is um, called Crypt Terror, I believe. Crypt Terror, yes. Which now I need to go back and check out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, again, one of those wonderful things of um, when you discover these developers have made other things, you know, okay, I've got to get back into that. We've had that plenty of times, you know. The amount of developers we now sort of followed on social media just because we've played one game, we kind of want to know when the next one's coming, sort of thing. So, yeah, it is a great mood piece to uh, make you want to check out that if you haven't. And if not, obviously, I think it would um, add to it in its own way. While it's not a horror bite and, you know, we're not really discussing it here, it was quite interesting to just see that the idea of having these short experiences on like a higher level with um, Alone in the Dark's prologue that mm. came out this week, uh, last week, and seeing that, you know, it, it can work on all sorts of levels to really set the mood and really identify the context and mood of a piece without, you know, um, without giving the goods away entirely. You know, I mean, you can really turn sure. this experience into something bigger and make it its own thing, and um, you know, in which it has been to a degree. So it, it's um, the best strength, I think, of short-form horror is that you have room to grow and make it better and bigger because you are basically distilling it down to this pure thing that is um, you know, all component parts just there for you to see in one short espresso sort of shot of a, an experience. Yeah, absolutely. It lets those creatives, you know, get to show off their unique brand of creativity and how they choose to tell a story that, you know, by all accounts, you could say, well, yeah, how many of these woods wandering games with a monster have we played before? (laughs) Countless. But in that very simple premise, um, again, Daniel Buckley is able to show his own skill set that's able to take that tried and true concept and just make it that much more memorable and actually scary, right? I think that, uh, I don't know about you, like wandering through the woods has gotten a little old. And with something like this, it shows that just because we've maybe grown tired of a certain, uh, I suppose, premise that has uh, popped off on Itch.io or is trended on this or that, it's kind of nice to once in a while get one that uh, really takes that and gives it a breath of originality and refinement that yeah. you know you would hope that all projects do, and yeah, this was a great uh, a great entry this week. Not to yeah. give myself too much credit for picking it. <laughs> well, you know that, that's the importance of the the, <laughs> the the pool of games we have there. To, <laughs> we can pick all sorts from it, and that's what I like about it. So, for my pick this week, we have the shorter end of the horror bites selection stick, if you will, and this is a one minute long horror game called Unknown Caller by Softbushware. Uh, the premise is simple. A phone rings in the gloomy distance. You must answer it. But once you do, well, it's a minute one long game. So there's not much longer before you find out what the aftermath of that call is. And yeah, obviously I'm not going to tell you because, yeah, it's a minute long game. 
And you can play it in your browser. You don't even have to download it. Exactly. Yeah. So again, on itch.io. So it's simple as that. Do it. Um, so what drew me to this, especially was the fact that it was this minute long thing. And I was like, I'd like to see how it does it because we've had that maybe a couple of times, I think, where we've really gone for something really short and sharp and to see if it can really sort of get everything in that little period of time. Um, which is, you know, the whole thing we have about horror bites is having these short, punchy experiences that do so much in so little. You know, some of our favorites have been 15 minutes long, 10 minutes long. But a minute? That's like, oh, okay, I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. You know, I think for what it does, this, this works quite well. You know, it is very very simple obviously as a result you know it is that sort of retro psx style again uh where you are just in like some woodland area with no just no trees just it's in the dark you hear a phone ring in the distance you walk towards the dim glow of it there you get a very garbled sort of um phone call and yeah as soon as that's ended and you walk away the thing happens that happens and I have to say that it wasn't what I expected based on the phone call I got. So that was good. And I think that was a, a great bit of misdirection. I mean, it is very much the, a TikTok of a game, you know, in that regard that it is just it's getting the punchline out there quick as you can. I mean, it, when I say that in the sense, you could just fit it in a TikTok in its entirety and it would work. Um, I suppose the thing you can't, you can't really do much with that, but. Yeah, it gets to the point. You know, it's very much, um, I don't want to say snakes on a plane, you know, where it's you know, self-explanatory, but, you know, it's very much, you know, you have an objective, that's it, then you get the results of it. And, that, and that's that. There's no build, no real sort of, you know, deep subtext to it or anything like that. It is just there as it is, a single scene. And, I think we've mentioned this a few times with Horror Bites in the past, where we've had this feeling that what we're playing is like a scene in a movie, you know, like where you aren't playing like the whole experience necessarily. You are just playing like a slice and just saying, oh, there's that scene from that movie, blah, 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 played out in one, you know, whole row. In some cases, literally some uh, games have taken that and used, licensed games to horror you know, licensed horror to create these chunks small chunks of uh, that in video game terms so yeah i like to think of it like that and as much as i that i also go back to what i was saying about it being very tiktok orientated and it is just trying to be punchy to the point getting your attention and i think that works for it too i think that's an impressive way to go about things with something so small and short is that you don't just cater to older mediums. You try and think forward and think of what is the, you know, the horror fan of today likely to be more into and short form horror clearly works as we've seen, but like really short form like this is smart and interesting. And, you know, while you can't do a lot with it, I think this works quite well, you know, as a, visual representation of like those reddit posts or 4chan or wherever you want to go wherever you go and find those sort of creepy little short form horror stories and things like that 
it, it is very much like the video game representation of those. This made me think, what if there was a WarioWare style game that is just a series of one minute slices? You know, we played Spookware, obviously, yeah. which is based around a format similar to that, but that's not really, the point is not to scare you, right? It's more mm. about the interactivity portion and the puzzle sort of figuring out what the hell am I doing in this and then mastering that game, it, that mini yeah. game. And with something like this, which is exactly as advertised and it actually like got me, right? I think mm. as you mentioned, it has this just very basic buildup, but then you have this sort of scare out of left field based off of this very garbled information that you're given and it works. I think that, you know, when you look at something that is 60 seconds long and the fact that it's able to craft an atmosphere, build tension, give the player confusion from like, wait, what is it? What am I being told right now? What am I, what is on the way? And then having the ending that it does, it's like, that is indicative of somebody that I think understands horror from that, you know, scene by scene type of thing that we've been talking about. And the fact that when you look at something that's a minute long and then think about some of the experiences that we've played for horror bites that are five, 10, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes they have all this extra time, all this extra buildup and, don't always have the payoff that they should. It makes me appreciate things like this where it's like, yeah, in a minute they were able to establish a tone, a setting and have a scare that is genuinely surprising. I'm not going to say it's terrifying, but it is surprising in a way that I appreciate because, you know, you play enough of these games. It's like, yeah, I'm sort of expecting this or that. And you can start to pick up on tropes that are very familiar. And for something like this to do what it does in 60 seconds um, is admirable, I think. And yeah, it's a benefit the fact, you know, you can either download it or play it in your browser. So it's the type of thing where it's like, I would love to see a developer such as this string together, you know, let's say five experiences, let's say 10 experiences, a 10 minute Mm. game that is 10 one minute scenes for each, you know, section. Like that would be truly amazing. And that's something that we definitely, any developers that are listening, you got to get on that and make that as a game in the future because that's something I would sign up for. Yeah. And I'm sure you would as well. Exactly. And if you already have, let us know. Send, yeah, it, that, send it our way. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So um, those games again, The Witcher Shared on Forest by Daniel Buckley and Unknown Caller by Softbush Where? So that is another week of Horror Bites. We will be back with more indie horror highlights next week. But in the meantime, if you are a developer of an indie horror game, as we just said, uh, or a demo, or a concept, or even a game jam entry, we'd love to hear from you. So you can drop us a DM at SaferInPod on Twitter, or SaferInPod at gmail.com on email. Um, You could do that if you would like to be highlighted on the show, maybe that we play your game, or even if you'd like to be come on and be interviewed about your game in the process of that. Uh, or you know, alternatively you can head to the DMs of Horrorbytes underscore SR for the tw- that Twitter uh, where we can promote you on there and um, that's something we'd like to do more of outside the games we cover just generally on here if you, if you just want a general format okay so yeah that, that is that for this week um, Jay as ever a pleasure and we shall see you all again next week <laughs> <laughs>